and welcome to Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. And what a week. The Germans are heading back to Berlin faster than any time since the Soviet advance following the failure of Operation Barbarossa. And the Ukraine see off Sweden. And could Belgium be lacking Eden? All this and more in today's Rose Ed. I'm here with Hannah East. Morning. 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 <laughs> How are you? Okay, thank you. We just—I feel we should clarify. We just started um, started recording and just giggled for the last nearly three minutes continuously. So I feel that we got off to a professional start as always. Mike, do you feel like that was a strong start for the podcast? <laughs> it was a very strong start. I just want it because we love history so much. Do you want to do you want to go back and go slightly more in depth on your intro, Joe? So Operation Barbarossa was Hitler's great offensive against the Soviet Union in uh, 1941. <laughs> and in fact, they were within they were within sight of Moscow, but then rather controversially, uh, the Germans decided to try and uh, take the oil fields of the Urals to cut off the Russians um, in terms of uh, their ability to kind of fuel their vehicles, their planes and their tanks and that kind of thing, when actually maybe he should have taken Moscow anyway. The problem was they advanced into Germany without enough winter clothing. So then when winter hits in uh, sort of 41, 42, then they kind of get stuck in the mud, that kind of thing. Lots of German soldiers sadly perish and actually the advance got pushed back and ultimately ended with the Red Army taking Berlin in 1945. Welcome to a football podcast. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that was absolutely class. Thanks, mate. Uh, Enjoy that. Well done, there you Jay. Go. Well done. We're proud <laughs> Thanks, of you. <laughs> um, right, okay. Let's start with England. Hannah, where did you watch the game? How did you feel? Watch the game at home. I was a bit uh, pessimistic, I think, about mm. um, England playing Germany. And I was, you know, in the last pod, I was saying, you know, we we, we can't kind of underestimate them. And and as, within the first ten minutes, I kind of thought, what was what was I thinking? Our setup was brilliant. Our flow was excellent. I really, really enjoyed. Generally, if it wasn't England, I would say I enjoyed watching them play football. But obviously, really? the the result was fantastic for us. Uh, Jack Grealish, uh, obviously, him coming on uh, was was an imp- an impactive sub for us. I really liked our style of play. Um, I think uh, we well, it was brilliant. Gareth got it right on the night, and I'm just hoping that we can replicate that uh, on Saturday. Mike, you were a bit down on Gareth Southgate so far on this podcast have you revised your thoughts so were you joe don't you try and turn it around you were hating on him in the in the first episode you were both kind of like oh you know gareth southgate sacked by middlesbrough but yeah sorry mike i feel ever so sorry for him now though because he he gave that kind of emotional interview afterwards where he's like oh i looked up at david seaman in the crowd and and i've been carrying this for for 21 years and i just hope that my teammates and and the fans, I hope I've given you some different memories. I was like, oh, he's a lovely man who's carried a burden of guilt for 21 years when it's not his fault. And I, and I really slagged him off. Mike called him a PE teacher. I just feel a bit No, guilty. no, no. That was literally did. No, I was, I, was, I was referring to Tim Sherwin, actually, Joe. Oh, were um, you? I, you know, okay, yeah, sorry. I was referring to... I was not. Look, I've, we've, we've had a bit of a joke at Gareth's expense and... Um, the easy thing against Germany would have been to um, basically, you know, stuff what, what everyone was saying and 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 change his tactics, and not go to the back three because everyone thought, oh, you got this defensive team, why don't you just go attack? And he could have gone attack, and we yeah. could have got battered, and then yeah. he would have been vilified and he like even more. So I feel like he was damned either way, and he did a really good job of, of sticking to his gun, sticking to to the game plan he thought was going to work, and it, it worked. We. 
that we stifled them enough. They, they had some good chances, to be fair, but Jordan Pickford turned up big, um, as he usually does for England. And yeah. Yeah. and yeah, it was good. It was a good performance overall. I think that was it. it actually turned out the the right way to go, matching them up because we just they they didn't really have much of a sniff apart from that that awful moment when Thomas Muller was through on goal and everyone's heart stopped and it was like, yeah. oh no. Oh, here we go. It, it, it being the, you know, if he had scored, then the whole thing, it would have been a different match altogether, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, Hannah, like Jordan Pickford was amazing because there was that save from, I think it's the Goretzka chance where he tipped it over the bar. But also in the first half, he made a save with his legs from Timo Werner that was just inches. I mean, if that had been inches either side, that's just going through his legs and that's a goal. <laughs> he pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it works, isn't it? <laughs> if it hadn't, <laughs> if it goes in net and that, it's a goal. Uh, yeah, thank good insight. <laughs> but Pickford was amazing, wasn't he? And I thought, to be fair, I thought the entire defence were pretty brilliant. Yeah, they were. They were. I, I, I liked our, our format. I really liked the combination with Grealish, Rice, and Phillips. Um, I thought, like I don't know, I've mentioned that it was it was clever of uh, Southgate bringing on Grealish when he did. Um, I thought the game started to open out more a bit when when he came on. I, I felt like we were very solid um, in defence, and like you say, Pickford was was second to none. I think he was amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I hope we have the same motivation, the same drive um, on Saturday. And Mike, Jack Grealish has obviously come on a couple of times and massively changed the game. I thought he was brilliant. I think mm-hmm. Germany didn't really know how to pick him up because he obviously, well, he doesn't really maintain a position. He's quite hard to track because he kind of drifts in and out pockets around the 18-yard box. But is there an, an element if you say, okay, well, let's keep bringing him on in 65, 70 minutes because he's impacting the game massively. Whereas if you put him on from the start, maybe it gives the opposition a chance to nullify mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I think you're you're bang on. I think if you've got someone making such an impact from the bench, it almost doesn't make sense to to change the game plan. I mean, they Ukraine might plan for that next time, and it might not be as effective. But I think as in as impact subs go, they don't get much better than him. I mean, look look at it. He was involved in both goals, um, and yeah, he's just a brilliant performer. I would I would say you know quite comfortably he's he's probably in in terms of ability one of the best players that England have. Um, yeah. So to, to, to out, some outsiders, it might seem weird that he's not starting. But realistically, when when you look at the team, like you're not taking Raheem Sterling out of there, are you? Like based on yeah. his performances, and he's played so well on on that left hand side, he doesn't really deserve to start. So yes, play him there. Well, I just want to shout out quickly um, Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips because they also got a lot of stick, um, and we gave them a bit of stick for not being the most you know aggressive, <laughs> um, but. I think Declan Rice had a yellow card for what was it about ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, um, and, and Calvin Phillips got one shortly after. Yeah, and he got one after, and for them to like be so disciplined not to not to you know commit any more fouls to to get another another yellow is unbelievable. So fair play, I think everyone put in a shift and. Yeah. And Harry finally scored, Hannah, because he was in the box. I know. See, I told you. I, did, I, told I thought you. of you, Hannah. You did, yeah, you yeah. told me. He, he, was, he was fed. I, I, it's like um, Southgate's unleashed Harry Kane. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a great goal. And I also thought um, Harry Maguire um, definitely kept the balance of the team in defence. Mm. Um, I thought he was fantastic. He was, he was so fantastic. pumped, wasn't yeah, he? So brilliant. pumped before the game. He had his game face on. So I think he set the right example um, and big, strong challenges. First to the ball on a few occasions. So I was, I was really impressed by his performance. Luke Shaw's had a bit of stick as well, like at United, off Josie Mourinho. Yes. So did you see this, that Mourinho's been 
going at him again. Yeah, um, I, don't know, I don't know what his issue is, Jose Mourinho. I think he's in love with him and he think? can't let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like that, isn't it? It's sort of like, just leave him alone, Jose. Know, it's, it's like he's obsessed with him. Yeah, he, d- he, d- he needs to leave him alone. Well, Jose Mourinho has won 20-odd trophies in his career. He's probably the most famous football manager on earth, but he's chosen to become obsessed with a left-back in England. That's like that's like, that's the dominating... When he looks back on his life, he'll just remember Luke Shaw. But I thought Luke Shaw was brilliant, to be fair, yeah. and he's had a lot of stick, and I thought he had another great game and was involved in both goals, Hannah. So a bit of love for Luke Shaw. I think the, the problem with Luke Shaw is he, he ha- he'll put in three or four matches where he has a great performance and you, you feel really confident... And and then he'll have two or three games where he's just way off the mark, and that's mm. that's what's frustrating. It's it's just the consistency with Luke Shaw. Sometimes um, when he was playing uh, the other night for England, I was like, oh wow, you know, Luke Shaw's having a good tournament so far, and I thought that like, he was he was impressive the other night. But then he may have a. It, it's not normal. It's uh, sorry. It's normal if he has a, a match that he doesn't quite play to his potential, and that's the the frustrating part, particularly for uh, a Manchester United fan as well. Uh, throughout the season, that's why people tend to get a bit frustrated with him. I think the only thing I'm I'm thinking about uh, for the game on Saturday, where England going to play Ukraine, who obviously knocked Sweden out. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I'm thinking about for that, Mike, is kind of is the formation. I'd be because given with Germany, we knew they were going to try and control the ball with. Uh, Cruz and Goretzka and Kimmich and stuff on the pitch. Ukraine probably won't do that. Ukraine will probably sit back. So it's a different proposition for England. They're going to probably have most of the ball and need to do the pressing, which I think is where England have probably looked weakest and looked like there's a little lack of creativity. Do you still think he'll he'll stick with that five at the back, quite defensive? Because obviously Kieran Trippier played against Germany. He played on the right. I said he had a bad game, but to be fair, Robin Goosens didn't get the ball. So he that's what he was there to do. And that seemed to work. Do you reckon it's still going to be that that five at the back or it might maybe go 4-3-3, slightly more progressive? No, I think he'll switch back to a four because um, when we did press in in the first game of the tournament against Croatia for about 15, 20 minutes, um, that's what I've seen from us so far, like our our best almost in an attacking sense um, from from the start. So I think he'll go back to that. Um, And also when you do have the ball, you need that, that number 10, that more advanced um, midfielder to be able to break the lines. Um, It's going to be interesting who he picks because I I think Mason Mount will come straight back in because obviously he's going to have trained this time. Um, And I think he, he will get a nod in that, in that number 10 role. But um, the other positions I think are, are mostly up for grabs. Like if Jordan Henderson is, is fit, I could maybe see him coming back in. Um, I think the fullbacks also, like Carl Walker, could could easily drop out for Reece James. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I definitely think he needs to start on the front foot because this is a completely different proposition to, to Germany where heavily the favourites in this game. Um, and we need to take the game to them. Um, and I know Hannah is hoping that Harry Kane won't drop too deep. Aren't you, Hannah? Obviously. <laughs> I mean, it'd be wrong not to mention it on the, on this podcast, I guess, to yeah. say it again. But you mentioned Jose Mourinho, Joe. He he said that Rice, Maguire and Phillips should be rested because they've all picked up a booking. Um, so they would be suspended for the, the semi-final. What do you think to that approach? Yeah. But but then, is he? Uh, do they get wiped after? I'm guessing they get wiped after the quarterfinals, right? Because yeah. otherwise you'd have the problems. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. if they got booked in the semis, they'd miss the final. That doesn't actually happen anymore. No, I'm no, pretty no. sure it gets wiped after the quarterfinals. It, it used to, I think, didn't it? I yeah, it used to. Because obviously it's, it's what happened to Gaza in 1990 yeah. um, at the World Cup. But I think, 
I think it's vastly, vastly arrogant to start talking about resting people. Yeah, so yeah, right. no way. Because we've just got to get through these games. If it is, an, I don't think rest Maguire at all. I think Maguire's been fantastic. But I think maybe with Rice where you could put someone like Henderson in or something, I think potentially there's an element of, okay, if you're worried about picking up bookings and stuff, you probably yeah. can afford to rotate in positions where you're strong. Yeah. Also, the games are starting to come a little bit thick and fast, and I know it's stupid and touch wood, but there's one, if we get through the game on Saturday, then our semi-final will be on Wednesday, which means we play the final with one day less rest than the team that we're going to play. <laughs> I know that's looking quite far ahead, but there might need to be a little bit of rotation because these guys have basically played yeah. through an entire season with the coronavirus thing, they kind of had like a weird month off or whatever. They've never played so much football in one go. Yeah. So I think fresh legs could be good. But I mean, Hannah, we're massive favourites, aren't we? Do you, do you fear the Ukrainiacs? Um, I, don't, I don't think... Well, I'm always a bit negative about life in general. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when it but when you know when it comes to uh, when it comes to football because it's it's so imp- unpredictable and I'm aware that you know tournaments like this are very difficult to predict so I always don't want to get too excited and say oh my god we're three wins away from glory um I don't want to say that but you know there is a strong potential and I do believe that we can beat uh, Ukraine. I do genuinely believe we can progress in this in this tournament. I think Ukraine are unpredictable and potentially might be difficult to contain, but I, I honestly think we've got a strong squad. And like you say, we have options. We have rotational options, which mm. we're in a very positive position. Mike, is there a part of you that's kind of looking ahead to this game on Friday night, Belgium, Italy, and thinking this could potentially be the team we face in the final? Again, touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. But whoever wins this... You're touching a lot of wood today, Joe. <laughs> oh, it's not the first time. One for the dads there. But yeah, Mike, do you reckon, I mean, obviously this Belgium-Italy game, that's kind of a mouth-watering prospect. For anyone who's not English or Ukrainian, nobody's thinking, oh, I can't wait to see England play Ukraine. There's nobody like <laughs> sitting in, in Portugal or in Belarus, just like, oh, this is going to be a good game. You want to watch Belgium-Italy, don't you? This is These are the two heavyweight teams on that side of the draw. Yeah, the two the two heavyweight teams that are left because they've all gone out. I mean, like in that group of death, there is they're, they're all gone, which you would not yeah. have said. Literally, they're literally gone. Like we we were looking at that, thinking you know you could have like two two teams in the semi set from this group, and and they're out after you know Joe. You confidently predicted that France will brush aside Switzerland, um, which which obviously didn't happen. Well, to be fair, until until the seventy fifth minute, France looked like they were cruising for like a six one victory or something. It's just they all just got a bit French and they thought they'd already won, and before they knew it, they were out, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, which is French. what which is what we have to be careful not to do because I think we're already you know booking yeah. our, our our pub um, seat for the final. So you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's booked deal with it in March, mate. First. <laughs> mate, I I'm not I I booked two options. So I booked two different pub options for every potential England game en route to the final in March. Yeah. So as soon as, as soon as the roadmap got announced here in the UK out of lockdown, I made bookings. <laughs> I looked at the fixtures and who England could play and when and made a booking for every single time. And I've just deleted the bookings as appropriate, depending <laughs> on our match day. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Have you not got like massive cancellation fees? <laughs> no, mate. You, you, as long as you uh, cancel before the 48 hours, you don't get charged. Oh, genius. 
See, mate, I'm telling you, see, it's the five P's. Prior planning prevents poor performance. There you go. <laughs> I'm only disorganised when it comes to England in the tournament. The rest of my life is just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. But yeah, Belgium, Belgium, Italy, Hannah, that's, it's a massive game, isn't it? I'm really, really looking forward to it because it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about England for 24 hours. I'm just going to enjoy this, watch one of the big teams get knocked out and hopefully watch them get lots of non-serious injuries, but that puts Lukaku and De Bruyne and Locatelli and Insigne and all that out for just like two weeks. I don't want to be seriously hurt. I just don't want them to play the rest of the tournament. Well, this everyone's waiting for this match, aren't they? This is the champagne match, I reckon, of the tournament. But Belgium, 13 matches without defeat. Italy, uh, unbeaten in 31 games, which is a national record. This is this is going to be probably, like you say, one of well, the best matches um, to watch. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. It's massive, isn't it? And I think, I, I personally fancy Belgium. I just think Lukaku just looks so good. Just so big, so strong, such good touch. Everything about the, all his criticisms that he used to have that he was maybe carrying a bit of weight and that yeah. he wasn't too good on the ball. I think yeah. he's answered that now. I think he looks a bit yeah. trimmed down and I think technically he looks like a better player. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. It's, so I, do you know, I would, I would hate to be, I love watching football. I would hate to be a footballer because the, the stick that they get is just <laughs> I'm allowed awful. to say he's fat. It's like, yeah, you're not, you're not allowed to say that, but it's, you know, he, he's a powerhouse. He's got like, so he's, he's a brilliant player, a couple of off form performances. And then that's it. Like we're so British in the fact that, you know, if England don't play well on Saturday, we will be the first people, we will slate them. The individual players will get slated in the press. Um, if we play well, oh my God, they're going to be like stars. But also the idea that, uh, the idea that me, just puny little me sitting, sweating, recording a podcast in my mum's bedroom. Because <laughs> surrounded uh, by her cosmetics, may I add. <laughs> that, I'm, that I would have the gall to say to a man who's six foot three, probably 16 <laughs> stone, built like a heavyweight boxer, that I'd be like, oh, I think he's carrying a bit too much. I don't think you're that good on the ball, Romelu. <laughs> It'd be like, get out. <laughs> like, okay hun you just go back to mummy's uh, bedroom and you you keep watching football right i mean obviously that's the massive game tonight uh also switzerland versus spain czech republic versus denmark this weekend mike is there anything that excites you there yeah i mean denmark has been a joy to watch haven't they so yeah. i'm 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 fully backing them to go through and i'm going to watch them even though i was just talking about not getting too ahead of myself i'm going to watch them as, as if they're, they're going to be our um, our semi-final opponents and, and sort of analyse and see see how we can match them and, and go up against them because I think they have been probably the dark horses of the team. Oh, we love, we love that phrase, don't we, on the <laughs> they podcast? Have been, they have it's been the dark horses. all about passion that can help trump class. I think they're a good example, um, Denmark, of in terms of the journey they've been on throughout this tournament so far. I think people would love it if they progress uh, towards the end, uh, wouldn't they, given what's happened with uh, Christian Eriksen and their journey. Yeah, it's going to be a bit, because obviously when England knocked them out in the semi-final, there will be quite a lot of guilt. Like, oh, we've sort yeah. of ruined the fairy tale. No one really likes us because historically we've not been the nicest to everybody else, but it's coming home. So. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? I feel like, Joe, we get a lot of stick like as, as England fans and, you know, probably a lot of it is, is rightly so, but... For like, for like the casual, would you would you class yourself as a hooligan? No, 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 of course not. But all I will say is, if you go to a foreign country and you've had ten cans of Stella by midday, 
and they won't give you a cup of tea, then you're well within your rights to throw some patio furniture about. <laughs> and take your, take your clothes off, yeah. get, your, yeah. get your belly out and, you know, maybe punch things. Yeah. Oh, Why would you? Oh, lo siento, Francois. I don't know the proper words. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, I would like to say I don't support that sort of behaviour and neither does the Believe Podcast Network. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Switzerland versus Spain as well. Spain have suddenly just become good, haven't they, Hannah? Why? Why has this happened? Because they were rubbish at the start. Well, they, they, yeah, they were, but it's it's the flair, it's the passion, isn't it? You know, in terms of the being the favourites, I think that that Switzerland Spain will be a good match um, to watch. Who who would you say your is your standout um, team there? Would you want Spain to to smash it? I think Spain have been fantastic for the past couple of games. What they've scored. Five goals, two games in a row. Top goal scorers in the tournament with 11. But I think, I mean, Switzerland, I thought, were outstanding against France for kind of the last 20 minutes and obviously showed a lot of nerve in the shootout. I've got a fancy Spain, but Mike, I just can't really work them out. Yeah, I mean, I I actually fancy Switzerland in this one because I think when you get to this this stage, I mean, Swain, Swain. 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 Swain's, Swain's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Swain. No, Spain have just, they've been a weird team. And uh, as, as I said, like Alvaro Morata finally found his shooting boots um, and, and yeah. managed to push them through. But I still don't see like that many stars in that team. And I feel like this Swiss team are so, so well organised. And as, as Hannah keeps saying, like when it, when it gets to this stage, like passion does count for a lot and, and, mm-hmm. and leadership and, pushing yourself through and having that having the mental state to do it and and how confident especially for someone like like Xhaka who gets a lot of stick at, at club level mm. and he's just an, an unbelievable captain but maybe maybe not the best midfielder in the world but just an unbelievable leader on on the pitch and sometimes that, that's what counts he was brilliant against France though. he's playing like Andrea Pirlo yeah, he can have that sort of performance every now and again, but then he will just chuck one in his own net. So he's a very he's he's a very weird player. Like he's very hard to assess. But at this sort of at this sort of level and, and tournament, when you need someone to galvanise a team, he's your man. So yeah, I do I do fancy the Swiss in this one. Also, it's coming towards the tail end of the tournament, so there are a few Premier League stories that we need to focus on. So it's time for the first ever edition of transfer titbits. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. So there you go, that's the live jingle for transfer titbits. Also, what, what pe- people couldn't see my face then. <laughs> I was really, I was really sort of went into, I felt like, you know, uh, the Ferrero Rocher advert? Yeah. Where the lady says, oh, ambassador, you're spoiling us. I yeah. felt like that, that bit where she kind of like nobbles on the, Ferrero Rocher and it's sort of all gooey and she wraps her mouth around it she's like mm. I feel awkward watching you right now Joe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> when I close my eyes I don't I know what's going on I kind of I know you two are there but I sort of don't care because <laughs> when I close my eyes I can really see that moment <laughs> uh, okay so transfer tidbits is where we look at kind of the the transfer news and rumors also worth saying yeah. that after this tournament the podcast is going to carry on before the Premier League season and we will be doing lots of transfer specials the big one of course Jaden Sancho to Manchester United looks like it's happening Hannah it's a bit annoying for everyone else finally finally um can you imagine can you imagine though being 21 years old and bought for 72.9 million 
pounds. No. What were you doing I, when you were 21, Hannah? Well, probably not even going for 10 quid on eBay, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but it's certainly not worth that much. But yeah, Sancho, 50 goals in 137 appearances at Dortmund. 13 goals in the last 21 games in the season that's just gone. I'm going to smash a few facts out for you there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a very exciting young player. Well, I see your fact and I'll raise you another fact because James Sancho has got more than 10 assists in each of his last three Bundesliga campaigns, making the first Englishman to reach 10 assists in three straight seasons in Europe's top five leagues since a little fella called David Beckham between 1997 and 2001. I'm also worth pointing out that David Beckham was at Wembley on Tuesday looking gorgeous and poor old Ed Sheeran was sat next to him looking like a right dog's dinner. Um, Just don't sit next to, just don't sit next to David Beckham. You know, there's going to be a close up and you're never going to look good next to him anyway. But yeah, James Sancho, Mike, as you said, finally, the German press can't believe this guy hasn't been playing for England. I mean, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he'll light up the Premier League. Yeah, do you think it's been, I mean, it seems like it might have been something to do with, with a transfer, maybe his head not being quite in it. I mean, if you're just on the verge of, of landing your, your dream move, because I remember last summer, um, United were in for him, um, but they didn't match Dortmund's um, price tag. And after that, when the, when the move sort of collapsed, he had a really poor start to the season. So mm. obviously this is a massive, massive thing for him, you know, sealing such a big move. Um, you know, coming back to the Premier League because obviously he was he was with Man City as a as a youngster, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and yeah. now and now he's come back uh, to, to Manchester. So yeah, he's just an unbelievable player. I'm really excited to see him. Um, I feel like he's going to get a lot of stick if he doesn't hit the ground running. But people need to understand that you know he he has been in the Bundesliga for a while, and they also need to understand that behind him they've got Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's not you know the the best fullback going forward. So he's probably not going to get loads of support which means he's probably going to have a lot to do quite a lot of the time. So if he's not, you know, outstanding in, in the first few months, um, you know, just, just sort of give him time and essentially, and he will become, you know, one of the, one of the Premier League superstars. Um, but I, even though, you know, I, I despise United, I, I am excited to watch him. Only hmm. Lionel Messi has been involved directly in more league goals in the last three years following running with the ball so basically it means in terms of dribbling and creating a goal the only player in the last three seasons in Europe who's created more goals than Jadon Sancho's Leo Messi so I think I think United have got a pretty exciting player I w- I w- I'm happy to see him come to the Premier League I just wish it wasn't for United yeah. um, but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but I think yeah. it's it's, cl- it's classic Manchester United though, isn't it, Hannah? Because they said, we won't pay that money and then just end up paying it a year later anyway. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, every time it's, it's so frustrating. As a, as a United fan, you get so excited to think we talk all season about rebuilding our team. We've had, you know, turbulent times since Sir Alex left with managers that perhaps haven't made the best choices, uh, bought in the best players, the right players. So when you see the potential for uh, a player that could change the dynamics of the team, we could work around and build a team around some new signings. And, and we're squabbling over uh, a little bit of money and it takes time and then we don't sign certain plays. It's very frustrating. But yeah, I think he'll be a fantastic signing. And don't slag Man United off again. Thank you. Here's the most exciting transfer news. Nuno. Oh, here we go. Nuno, 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 limits. Look, there's something in there. Right? Dun, 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 dun. Techno, 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 techno. That one. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be an absolute. It's going to be like oh, fabric circa two thousand and five down White Hart Lane next season. Uh, Spurs have finally got a manager, Hannah, and 
it's Nuno. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> anybody interested in this <laughs> at all? Anybody care? I don't really, to be honest. I'm not bothered. I'm literally not. I genuinely don't care. So I sort of think like, well, it's fine, and it we, we probably won't go down, and we're unlikely to get into Europe. So there you go. That's <laughs> football, isn't it? But doesn't matter. I'm stuck with it now. Also, more interesting in managerial appointments, Mike Rafa Benitez. So Rafa Benitez is the first man in 129 years to manage both Liverpool and Everton. The last man to do it was uh, William Edward Barclay, who I'm sure we all remember fondly. Hannah, I liked him. He's one of my favourites. Yeah, he's he's the best old-time manager for me. Really liked his hair and his eyebrows, yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he was one of the. He was probably like a horrible racist or something, wasn't he? If he was, like, I know, I know. We're like, like yeah, he was great. Yeah, <laughs> he's brilliant. Really, <laughs> really good. He kicked a lamb to death. Ah, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, but Mike, it's a bit weird, isn't it, seeing Rafa holding up the uh, the Everton scarf and stuff? Has he just done this because he's still got a house on Merseyside and he wants to go home? <laughs> it's just it, it's just bizarre, isn't it? But I think Rafa's got a little bit of that in him because he went to to Chelsea. Um, and you know the fans were, were booing him, despised him for for obvious reasons. Um, and then now, yeah, now he's gone to Everton after calling them a little club. Did, did he call them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He said he was taken yeah. out of context, but what context can there be? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, maybe maybe it was, but it's essentially you you've gone from one rival to another. I mean, it it relates to us, Joe. You know, George Graham never thought would would make the switch, um, but but he obviously did. Um, but there's not many that, that do it that, that, sort of, that sort of cross that sort of cross enemy lines. <laughs> um, if we're talking about players as well, I, I won't mention the big one. But um, yeah, so yeah, it is it is it is a strange thing. But um, I I feel like if he performs, like will will they care yeah. in Everton? Probably yeah, not. If he gets He's the results, and no, probably not. He's a good manager, Rafa, but if they think that it's going to be similar kind of style to Carlo Ancelotti, they're in for a bit of a surprise because he's very, very pragmatic. And I, I did I did hear quite a lot of um, Everton fans on the radio. Oh, I can't believe Carlo's left us after a year. Oh, so what, you can either live in Toxteth or in Madrid. Like, come on, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rafa Benitez has gone to Everton. So there you go, that's that. But now it's time for Eric Dyer's Vegetable Patch. Eric Dyer's <laughs> Today on Eric Dyer's Vegetable Patch, Chavi. We remember Chavi, don't we? Brilliant midfielder. Wee man, little man, eh? Play for Barcelona. Uh, what's that? He's a bit scouse. I'm going to give up on the accents. So, former Barcelona man Chavi apparently has an interest in mycology. That's mushroom hunting to you, Mike. He's even been known <laughs> to take friends along with him, apparently, Gerard Piquet and his wife Shakira. Pep Guardiola said, someone who picks mushrooms can't be a bad bloke. So there you go. That's another That's another 24 carat, 100% true Eric Dyer's vegetable patch. Shakira? Yeah, Shakira, Shakira. Yeah. Oh, baby, when you talk like that. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's I mean, quite good, Anna. Did we, you like can it? Have can we have some more of that? <laughs> I don't know the words. <laughs> that was a bit like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's quite a surprise, but um, yeah. Well, it's probably not true, so I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, why it's not going to be factually correct. Why is it called mycology? I want to know. Because that's, that's, that's me. I yeah. thought that was, the, that was the study of Mike, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely should, like, definitely should be an ology after that. Like oh, mushrooms and that. That's what we should call your autobiography, mycology. mycology. And what you could do, and on the front cover could be you sitting on a giant mushroom, just like, <laughs> I don't know. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> there we go. I look forward to that coming out in all good bookstores soon. Uh, right, so people have been in touch, of course. Steph McGuinness has been in touch, said yeah. she's enjoying the show. Hello, Steph. Uh, also, Jess has been in touch. Jess says she likes Robin Goosens, who plays for Germany, because he has one leg shorter than the other, and so does she. <laughs> but Hannah, do you have anything weird on your body? Oh God! Um, <laughs> this is—I mean, seriously. The where only, the only, yeah. Where do I begin? So the only thing about uh, I would say is really is sort of weird is um, when I used to feed my children, and when the postman used to, <laughs> they used to breastfeed, and the postman used to come, and I've got a really high pitched doorbell, and uh, if he used to come round when I was due to feed uh, one of my kids, um, I would lactate because the doorbell pitch was so high. So I'd be like, <laughs> I literally be like a pressure washer and if ever had a green top on i just open the door and it'd be like ding dong i'd be like <laughs> but yeah apart from that i think have you got anything weird <laughs> i mean where do you go after that <laughs> well you asked me you know you, you, did people, ask you did ask me no i mean but i'm just interested ding in dong. like <laughs> <laughs> the science of that i've never just well it's like that's... if a baby's screaming oh because it's the right pitch yeah because it's high pitch once oh. i went to my friend's wedding and they got an orchestra in, i was like oh christ and when the woman got up on the flute that was game over i nearly had to get changed um but that didn't last for, i wasn't you know i wasn't having breastfeeding for 10 years it was just oh like look a, gordon they've got a fountain that's not a fountain Lord. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god but no because i didn't realize and i think mike's the same we didn't realize that it you meant it's the same pitch as as a baby crying so we just thought that for some yeah, reason your wondering. body responded specifically to doorbells <laughs> like you're like maybe human. i should have clarified that yeah but i know women listening that. will be like oh yeah i totally get it yeah you left out a vital piece of information so yeah, you made sorry. it sound like whenever a doorbell rings it's like Ching! <laughs> <laughs> well i mean well i mean yeah don't don't I, tell I, me I, you're gonna be like i've got a little mole that looks like a smiley face or something well i've got a mole called jeremy but that, that i used to make <laughs> girls lick in nightclubs oh but... my god <laughs> is it hairy uh, well, shave him actually. So at the moment he's quite stubbly. Stubbly. He hasn't been shaved for a couple of days. Jeremy's yeah. a bit stubbly. Oh, you, like, Mike. Um, oh. Yeah, um, Mike. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to follow that. I've got. To say. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm even going to attempt it. Yeah, that is. Have you, have you, Mike? Have you licked Joe's mole, Jeremy, before? Um, I must have tried yeah, to make he, it when we worked together. Yeah, I think he. <laughs> I, I think he did make me do it in a dark studio once. Um, I'll have definitely made you touch it. <laughs> yeah hashtag me too like the, <laughs> the, so, like this podcast is 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 so random i love it if you got anything <laughs> weird on your body do get in touch it's uh at rosed pod on instagram it's rosed soccer on twitter um <laughs> hannah thank you very much as always thanks uh, mike thank you ding dong <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next time bye <laughs>